0: Still in Matthew, going through um, uh, verse. Or, I'm sorry, chapter 19, we have managed to work our way down through verse 26, um, moving on in, picking up in verse 27, hopefully we'll get through the rest of the chapter here in this segment. I hope you're continuing to enjoy this, hope you're getting something out of it, I know I always do. But we've been talking about the young man who approached Jesus and was uh, curious as to how to get to heaven. But, you know, he'd already made up his mind that, you know, it was going to be through the good things that he had done. He's basically challenging Jesus because Jesus recognized what he was up to. And so Jesus said, you know, basically, Jesus is pointing out that you've already decided you're going to get there based on your good works. So let's take a look at your good works. And so he challenges him based on that. And he gets down to the point where he says, okay. you need to give up everything you got, give it to the poor, and follow me, and that's where he trips him up. And the young man um, decides he can't do that, so he only talked about the six commandments that has to do, that have to do with uh, man's relationship with man, and you know he couldn't even pass that test, so he didn't even bother getting into the points that uh, that illustrate or, or that uh, you know focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ. But he, he, you know, he does then kind of talk about the result of that with the uh, disciples because Peter comes to him then. Of course, the disciples have witnessed this exchange with Jesus. And Peter comes to Jesus with a question now. I want to point out that, you know, I think Jesus orchestrates a lot of things in our lives. I'm not saying he controls every word we say and every thought we have, but there is a. A measure of control, I think, that he has in order to bring about his will. And this is kind of an incident where I think that happens because Jesus wants to answer this question that Peter asked in verse 27. So the question is, it says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, then followed thee. What shall we have there for? And Peter's kind of he's speaking in the plural here so he's speaking on behalf or asking on behalf of the apostles and uh you know he asked this question that on the surface sounds like it's a very selfish question he's saying i we've done all this stuff so now what's in it for us peter's not in disagreement or anything he's not challenging or, or anything of that nature he's curious He's saying, so, so what is in it for us? Now, like I said, I know this sounds like a very selfish question. But think about this. The disciples were already following Jesus. And what Peter says is true. They had given up everything. Um, now, when they did this, when they made the decision to do that, they did that without consideration for reward. They didn't strike up a bargain with Jesus. They weren't looking for any kind of uh, advancement or wealth or anything of that, of that nature. They just, they understood that Jesus was the Son of God. And he came to save them. That he was their only hope. And they said, you know what? Our very lives, our very eternal souls depend upon this. And so we're just going to follow you. So now Jesus wants to point out the benefits of following Jesus Christ, and, and he does in verse twenty eight he says and Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So he gives a glimpse into the future. And he talks about those who follow him through the transition of the new heaven and the new earth. And, you know, all, all that. Um, and he says, this, this is what's going to happen. And, and, folks, I just want you to point out, in fact, I'll mention a few things here in a few minutes about the benefits of serving God. Giving your life to him wholly and completely um he says there's a special place for you in my kingdom and 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 even something even more so for of course the 12 apostles so he kind of speaks forward into the book of revelation which talks about you know the end times in chapter 4 i believe it is when he begins to refer to the uh you know the 4 and 20 elders um referring to the apostles and and uh and, and, um, you know, Israel. So, he says, you know, there's gonna be a time in the future when you're gonna sit upon 12 thrones. And um, he says, you're gonna judge. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna judge the 12 tribes. And you're gonna have that special place beside me. Now, Now, folks, you and I won't sit on those thrones. We won't have that position, but the apostles will. Um, and, you know, and there's, there's a whole discussion about whether that 12th apostle is Matthias or Paul and, you know, on and on and on. You can talk about that forever, but what he's trying to point out here is there is a reward. Of course, for you and I, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, the five crowns that he offers and we don't have time to get into all those. Maybe we'll at some other point, but, um, there is great reward in serving, uh, Christ. And, and he says um, in verse 29, and everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. So he says, whatever you give up, you're going to be rewarded a hundredfold. Now of course my mind initially goes back to Job. And the things that Job lost during that test, um, you know, in that confrontation with Jesus and Satan. Um, and then Job, um, Job was restored, his family and, you know, and wives and the, the whole thing, his wealth. But I don't think that's really what he's talking about here. I, I don't think this has anything to do with material wealth because, quite frankly, he's talking about a time after the transition into the new heaven and a new earth and I don't know that wealth is really going to be an issue. Uh, you know, it's, there's going to be a true state of um, concern for one another. There won't be that pursuit of material wealth. God's just going to provide whatever we need. I think, and everybody that's there is going to be serving God. We're going to be in one mind and one spirit, and there's not going to be the sinful division that we now have in a fallen world. Things are just then you're just going to be different. So I, I don't think it matters. You know, he's saying, you know, what we have in this world doesn't is of no consequence anyway. You can't take it with you. And why would you want to take it with you? What, what's wealth going to do for you in heaven? There's really no value there in heaven. When you're living in a place that has streets of gold and jasper walls and all the different things that the Bible, you know, uses to describe heaven, there'll be no desire for material wealth will be at such a level that I don't think we can possibly comprehend. But let's just think about you know, when he says a hundredfold, really what he's saying is you can't put a monetary value on what you're gonna get. For instance, even on this earth, but even more so then, the peace, yeah, that passes understanding. You know, we have a peace in our hearts now that we really can't comprehend. We have a peace now that the world cannot achieve. Um, There's something in our hearts that guides us through all the maladies of life, all the difficulties we have to face, all the tragedies that we have to endure, all the disappointments that we have to Get past and forgive. Those are some difficult things. And yet, as Christians, we can't hold grudges. We can't be covetous. Uh, all we can do is be grateful for what God gives us and how He guides us through life. I mean, I've been amazed so many times that I've been able to get through impossible situations and I, and I look back and I realize that only God did that. I, I didn't do anything. I had no power to do anything like that. And it gives me a kind of peace that um, it's just nothing short of miraculous. Uh, I'm just grateful that I have Christ in my heart and He's on my side and it, I'm, I'm on the winning side. Not only peace, there is eternal bliss. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven? How it's going to feel? I mean, don't 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 you have this huge sigh of relief when you get something behind you? Maybe it's just something minor, like paying off a note on your car or a mortgage on your house, or you know, getting a debt behind you, or or or, or perhaps doing a job, uh, accomplishing a task. That you put a lot of work into, and, and you know, finally you've been able to put it behind you. What a joy you have um, when a child grows to maturity and gets married and begins, you know, to have their own family, and, and you realize that just maybe you did a pretty good job in raising that person. Um, there's a joy, that, that there's a sense of satisfaction and a job well done. Um, but just think of what it's going to be like when you get to heaven. We put this whole life behind us. And all the woes and dread and fears and worry that we had in this life will be no more. I'm in total bliss. All the pains and aches of the body will be gone that, you know, all... Worried about losing weight and getting fit and all the stuff of life that is so difficult and so so heavy and such a burden to bear. Eternal bliss, folks. We're going to be in heaven. God's going to take care of uh, all of that for us. Um, physical fitness is one of the things that I you know I just kind of mentioned you know it's always such a struggle. You gain weight and then you lose weight and then you gain it all back. Um, you get in shape, then you get out of shape, then you get in shape and you get, and it's all such hard, difficult, laborious work um, and all the effort that we have to go to to make our bodies presentable. Um, you know, to get to get cleaned and ready to accomplish a task and that sort of thing. But think about here's here's something else, and and I, this list is certainly um, you can't exhaust it. But think about this relationships. Now, of course, we we think more in terms of our relationship with Jesus Christ and how much greater it's going to be in heaven than it ever was here on earth, Um, but relationships with one one another, and many wonder, you know, what's going to be like with your spouse when you get to heaven, you know, will you still have that spousal relationship that you had here on earth, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that, I don't think anybody does, we can only imagine, but whatever it is, this is one thing we do know, it's going to be better than it was here, whatever it was here, it's going to be better there. Um same, probably not. Definitely, I would think different, but better. It's gonna be a relationship that we can't can't possibly imagine. And to just try and get through this thing, uh, we've only got one verse left, and he says, But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Now I don't believe for one moment that he's saying that people will be ranked. It's not a matter of those who are popular on earth won't be popular in heaven and vice versa. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think basically he's trying to say that there will be no such ranking in heaven, there will be no such recognition like we have here on this earth. <clears throat> you know, when you get to heaven, People like David and Paul and Moses and Abraham and Timothy and, all, you know, all the apostles and so- all the great men and women, Ruth and Esther and, you know, the, the characters that we have read about the people and the events that we've studied and taught all our lives, they'll be just like you and I. They'll, they'll just, they'll be equals. There'll be no difference as far as who we are and what we've done and that sort of thing. Folks, heaven is going to be a wonderful place. The relationship we have with Jesus Christ here on this earth is nothing like it's going to be when we get to heaven. Our relationship with one another is going to be different, and heaven is going to be different. Man, it's just going to be so glorious. I I can't help but shout sometimes when I think about it. So that's chapter uh, 19. We'll try to pick up in chapter 20 next time. Goodbye, and God bless.